what would you be willing to do to survive in a hostile new reality? What would you be willing to destroy to find your missing family? And what would you be willing to sacrifice to escape the liminal lands? Welcome to episode one of the Liminal Lands. Prologue, or A Journey of a Thousand Miles. I honestly don't know why I'm recording this. I've never kept a journal or anything like that before. Not even when I went through one of those really awkward, moody teenager phases. I guess I'm just doing this to help collect and organize my thoughts. Who knows, maybe I'm doing this so that later, when all this shit gets figured out, we can all have a big laugh at my expense. Lord, that sounds divine. Just being the butt of some kind of gigantic joke would be heavenly. But that's sometime in the future. Or, I hope that's in the future. And it isn't why I started this recording. I think I mostly started this because I've finally come to a decision. But... To set up for that decision, I actually need to go back a couple of days, explain some things. If this was some sort of TV show, now would be when the screen goes all wavy, some bells start chiming, and the flashback begins. So imagine that if it makes you feel better. But a couple of days ago, well, I use a couple. That's not really the right word, even the way I normally use it, because time just doesn't seem to be the same right now. But let's just go with a while back. Or a handful, whatever. A handful sounds right. Oh, Lord, I'm stalling. I'm just talking to myself here. I've heard you can fool everyone but yourself, but I think that's absolute horseshit. Hell, I can fool myself better than I can fool my wife. You know, one time I... Damn it, stalling again. I just gotta rip this band-aid off and start. Where was I? Yeah, a handful of days ago. So, opening weekend of muzzleload deer season. I always take off work and I go out hunting. Mom comes over and she stays with my wife, helps her watch the kids. Having three crotch goblins under the age of six is pretty difficult to wrangle all by yourself. We're on his lease way back in the woods, just off the Costatot River in the Washita Mountains. I've heard a few old-timers pronounce it Oachita Mountains, but man, that just sounds so dumb. Anyways, I was out in a part we call the golf course. We call it that, ironically. It is one more bitch of a grown-up mess. And I only explain this to kind of try and paint a picture in your mind. Even for Arkansas, this place is way out there. When you're out there, civilization is like a daydream. Sometimes the closest people to you are on a plane passing overhead. I mean, that's where all the big bucks are anyways. You know, uh, I'm stalling again. All right, picture's painted. That's a really long way of saying I'm out there with no cell phone reception. It's actually one of the charms. So it's Sunday, and I'm out there. I'm up in my tree stand on a stand we call the Honey Hole. And that's a name whose meaning is lost to time. Get there a bit before sunrise, I climb up into my stand. Sun comes up, and I guess that's really where I make my first mistake. I fell asleep. And if there is a hunter on earth who doesn't admit to falling asleep on the stand, that man is a liar. Hell, some of the best sleep I've ever gotten is whenever I'm supposed to be out there hunting. But not this time. No, this time I had nightmares. And I don't really remember them exactly. Sometimes I wonder now if, if I could remember them, if they might explain some of this crazy shit. All I really remember is a vague sense of dread, trying to run from some dark shapes. 
some unknown horror all around me. You know how it is. And I don't know if that's what woke me up or if it was something else. Whatever it was, I jumped awake. I shot up out of my seat. And I think you can kind of see where it's going from here. I fell. I don't remember what I hit that turned out the lights. I don't know if it was a limb on the way down, the ground itself. I don't know, and I don't guess it really matters. They went out, and I woke up sometime later. I mean, I don't wear a watch. Who the hell wears a watch anymore? I tried checking my phone, but as you can imagine, it didn't take to the fall any better than I did. Screen was shattered, and the damn thing was damn near broken half. I looked up at the sun. I thought maybe I could at least try and get an idea of how long I'd been knocked out. I read somewhere that being knocked out for a long period of time is actually really, really bad for you. I guess it's just another way some action movies are just not realistic. I mean, I can't exactly tell you the time down to the second by glancing at the sun, but it should have at least given me an idea. I and mean, it didn't look like I'd been out for very long. I have reason to believe now that trying to use the sun would have been just as useless as anything else. Either the sun's moving differently now, or time is more mutable than it used to be. Something. So there's really no telling how long I was actually out. Man, I am really dragging this out. Partly it's because I don't like to think about it, I guess. Partly because I really don't know what to think about it all. Hell, at this point, I'm not even sure I know how to think about it. The only way I even know how to try and describe this to you is by using a, a movie example. You know in those zombie or apocalypse movies? That trope where somebody wakes up in the hospital bed all alone. They finally make it outside. All the streets are empty and everything. Yeah, it was kind of like that. Only different because I don't live in a city. But basically this was a backwoods version of that. I woke up, blood all over my head. Head wounds bleed like a bitch. And I started trying to go home. Four-wheeler wouldn't start. Truck wouldn't start. I started to walk back to town. No vehicle, no phone. What else are you going to do? When the first couple of houses I got to were empty, I just assumed I was having the world's unluckiest day at that point. By the ninth through the tenth empty house, even someone as slow-witted as me starts to figure out something's going on. It was about that time I decided to borrow a vehicle. I tried, I think, an old Jeep Cherokee to start. It didn't start. I think the last one I tried was a newer model Lexus. That was probably vehicle number 30 that I tried. I can't even begin to tell you how many houses I checked, how many different driveways I walked down. It might have been the 30th vehicle, but I could only try vehicles with keys in them, or ones where the keys were easy to find, hanging on a hook by the door or in a fruit bowl or something. And yeah, by this time, you can bet your ass I was breaking into houses. I was already going to borrow a vehicle, so some light breaking and entering really wasn't going to make much of a difference at that point. And if I'm going to be honest, and I don't really see a reason to not be at this point, I was already panicking. There's only so many empty houses you can go into, so many miles of highway you can walk down without seeing another soul, before reason starts to take a back seat and that primal part of your brain starts taking over. Every time I opened a door to somebody's house or slid into the driver's seat of somebody's vehicle, I was almost praying to hear somebody shout at me, What the fuck do you think you're doing? I mean, even if I had to explain myself, I at least wouldn't be alone anymore. At that point, I would have taken the sound of somebody pumping a shotgun. Normally, that's one of the scariest, most pants-shittingest sound you'll ever hear. But by that time, 
it would have been its own special form of music. At this point, if I was telling this story to my wife, it's probably when she would politely tell me that I was being a bit long-winded. I'll try and prattle a little less, get a bit more concise. So I walked at least 50 miles by the time I got home, and that was just on the highway. That doesn't count all the driveways I went down or how long it took me to walk out of the woods. You know, I read somewhere that a, a league used to be how far a person could walk in an hour, and that's generally considered to be about three, three and a half miles. If I do some rough math, that puts it at about 15 hours to go 50 miles. And you add in all the time I was breaking into people's houses or screwed around trying to get a vehicle to start, that's got to be at least 20 hours. Nevertheless, the sun was only just starting to go down by the time I got home. You can kind of see why I don't really trust time anymore. It's just as messed up as everything else in this hell I've found myself in. And, uh, of course, um, my kids, my wife, mom, they're gone too, just, just like everybody else. I came so close to losing it right then. Sometimes too much is just too much, but after all of that, I didn't even have the energy to have a really good breakdown. Instead, I ate a cold can of ravioli. Had to eat it cold because, along with everything else, electricity seems to have up and vanished. I'm not really surprised. If there's no people, why would I expect any electricity? So I ate, and I fell down exhausted. And that pretty much brings us up to date to where we are now and the decision I was talking about earlier. So I woke up. Found this old mini tape voice recorder somebody got me for Christmas a few years ago. Shoved some batteries in and started talking. I briefly considered ending it all, just taking a shotgun to myself and checking out for good. But I can't do that. You see, I may not know what's going on here, where everyone's went, what's happened, but my family might still be out there somewhere. And if they are, I'm not going to check out and leave them in this place alone. You see, that's, that's my decision. To live and to get my family back. It's still dark out. I really don't know how long it's going to stay that way. But I'm leaving as soon as I gather a few things. If anyone ever hears this, just have to say to my wife, Nicole, to my kids, Winter, Renee, Willow, if you guys are out there somewhere, I'm coming for you. And to whatever or whoever has taken my family from me, I'm coming for you too. And there is nothing on this earth that can stop me. Thank you for listening. This episode of The Liminal Lands was written and performed by Wayman Alexander. Okay, I want to thank you for listening. I also want to say a few things, but you won't be missing any of the story or anything of real importance if you want to just skip this and go on to the next episode if it's been released. When I started doing all of the research on how to distribute a podcast, I came across a lot of places that suggest putting in what they called a call-to-action segment. I guess that's the equivalent of YouTubers saying, you know, smash that thumb or ring that bell or whatever. 
And basically, you're supposed to ask for reviews on iTunes or Spotify or whatever. I have something to say about that. This entire thing is basically a passion project of mine from start to finish. I've never tried to do anything like this before, and I'm sure that probably shows. I'm learning, and hopefully I'm improving in my editing, my acting, my storytelling, all of that. While I don't plan on making money off of this, so I don't need the reviews for that, I would really appreciate your feedback, constructive criticism, or whatever else you have. And leaving a review is one way to do that. But, other than that, you can also contact me at theliminallands at gmail.com. And as long as you're pleasant, I will respond. Sometimes it takes me a little bit to check my mail, but I will respond. Again, I just want to say, if you've made it this far, thank you for listening. Story, say thank you. Thank you. River, say thank you. Thank you. Please come back in a week for the next episode.